to Dear Reader, a book talk show featuring chatty librarians bringing you reading recommendations and a whole lot of book loving. I'm Justine Hanna, here with my fellow librarian and bibliophile Natalie Mason, and we're coming to you from Melbourne Library Service. Hi, Justine. Hi, Natalie. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. Today, <laughs> oh, how exciting. Exciting. We'll, we'll be talking about Roald Dahl. Woo! Books written by Roald Dahl and authors who write like Roald Dahl. And I am so thrilled to announce that we will be joined in the studio by our special guest and fellow children's librarian colleague, Liz. Yay. Hi, Justine. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Liz. Welcome to Dear Reader. Thank you so much. (laughs) So excited to be here. We're excited to have you here. So the reason we're chatting about Roald Dahl books today is that he was born in... 1916, which is 100 years ago this year. So had were he still with us, Mr Dahl would be celebrating his 100th birthday this year. Happy birthday, Mr Dahl. Happy birthday indeed. What would he look like? Old. Do you think he would have turned into the BFG and his ears oh, would have gotten yes. big? Really and- giant. Years and really <laughs> kind heart. The BFGs are quite so. timeless mm. and ageless. They all, all his, I reckon all his books are. They're just fabulous. I think yeah. you can read them at any age, and I'm super excited to be talking about him yes. today. Could talk for hours. But before we get started, Liz, <laughs> we want to remind our listeners that we'd love to hear what you've been reading. So please tweet us at Melb Library, that's at M E L B L I B R A R Y, with the hashtag Dear Reader. And you can download Dear Reader episodes at iTunes and SoundCloud by searching for Melbourne Library Service and subscribing. And all the books we mention on the show today will be listed in our show notes on our Goodreads page. You can find that via our website at www.melbournelibraryservice.com.au and clicking on the Read page. All right, let's start talking all things Dalish. Would you like to go first, Justine? You know I would, Natalie. Okay, off you go. <laughs> okay, well, I had such a tough choice to pick one Roald Dahl book that I love and want to talk about. There are so many. And I was actually remembering the very first Dahl book that I ever read. And um, it was The Twits. Have you guys read The Twits? Oh, uh, yes. I, I almost was going to talk about The Twits today, um, and I definitely recommend it. If, uh, if you haven't read it, give it a go. Even as an adult, it's hilarious. It's so good. Uh, but what I'm actually get, what I actually ended up choosing was George's Marvelous Medicine, and I just absolutely adore this particular book. It's probably not as well known as the BFG or the Witches or some of those other ones, but it's re- it's just classic Dal. It's it's really great. So. George's grandma is a grisly, grumpy, selfish old woman with pale brown teeth and a small, puckered-up mouth like a dog's bottom. Four times a day, she takes a large spoonful of medicine, but it doesn't seem to do her any good. She's always just as poisonous after she's taken it as she was before. George is left to look after her one morning, and she bosses him around and scares him by telling him that she likes to eat insects, and she, she makes George believe that she's a witch. George decides to make a magic medicine to replace his horrid grandma's old medicine. He goes around his home and finds things to put in his grandma's new medicine. He collects a variety of ingredients, except those found in the medicine cupboards. Ingredients including deodorant and shampoo from the bathroom, floor polish from the laundry room, horseradish sauce and gin from the kitchen, animal medicines, engine oil and antifreeze from the garage, and brown paint to mimic the colour of the original medicine. As you can imagine, though, things do not go to plan when grandma drinks George's marvelous medicine. I absolutely adored this book. I I really enjoyed rereading it as well in honor of Roald Dahl's 100th birthday. It's a great story about someone getting what's coming to them 
And what I really particularly like about a lot of Roald Dahl's works is how he allows children to have agency and to act uh, against the the bad adults in his stories. And I mean, boy, is she a bad adult. So <laughs> that's George's Marvelous Medicine by Roald Dahl. So Liz, let's hear what your pick for the Roald Dahl book is. Oh, I had the same trouble as you, Justine. Picking one Roald Dahl was, was tough, but I picked a favourite from my childhood. Lovely. Yeah. Fantastic Mr Fox. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Just, (laughs) goodness. First published in 1970, it was Dahl's 10th published work, but his sixth children's novel. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) It It is the story of our hero, the fun and clever Mr Fox, who eludes three local farmers, Bogus, Bunce and Bean, to snatch food for his ever growing family. These three farmers are mean and nasty and do not like Mr Fox stealing their food. So come up with a plan to stop him. And look, if I were a farmer, I probably wouldn't be happy for a fox to be stealing my food. But I'd hope I'd approach the situation slightly differently to these three. (laughs) Hopefully less violent. (laughs) Anyway, back to the plot. It's lucky for Mr Fox that the three farmers are not very smart and so take quite a while to find a plan that might actually work. I won't spoil the ending for those that haven't read it, although I think you should. But it is a children's book, so we can guess that it will be quite a happy hero, a happy ending, I should say, for our hero, Mr. Fox. And because it's a dull story, there are some hilarious ramifications for the bad guys. I love this story. Oh my goodness, so much. I remember reading it as a child, having it read to me, and rereading it every couple of years since I've grown up. It's the typical Dahl story where the adults are the villains and the underdog, or the underfox in this case, <laughs> reigns supreme and he does it so well. I've reread many books from my childhood as an adult and unfortunately some of them lose their shine once yeah. you notice all the problems with them, but Dahl's books definitely don't. They are always wonderful. They've stood the test of time and I am so, so glad that my parents introduced me to Dahl as a child because I just could read them forever. That was Fantastic Mr Fox by Roald Dahl. Thank you so much, Liz. Thank you, Liz. I love Fantastic Mr Fox. What a hero. Oh, he's just wonderful. He is, isn't he? Natalie, let's hear your Roald Dahl pick. Hey, before I start, can I say something? I was thinking while you guys were talking, I was doing some good thinking. Good Mm -hmm. work. And what I was thinking of were the covers of those two books that you reviewed that I owned in the early 80s with the Quentin Blake illustrations. Mm, so George's stunning. Marvelous Medicine is, has a red cover mm. and George is on the cover and he's got a big cauldron and he's stirring it and there's all these bubbles coming up the front. And all I can see in my mind while you're talking are the books that I clutched and read and the illustrations and I'm remembering the insides. You talked, do we talk about the twits yet? Oh, Somebody, I mentioned did them. Did you mention yeah, the twits? That was so my first I, was, style. I was picturing the um, the illustration with oh, Mr. Twit's beard mm-hmm. and it's got the circles around yes. it with the little arrows pointing out. Like this is where the the insects live and this mm. is an old mouldy bit of cheese. <laughs> so Quinn, it's hard to talk about Roald Dahl without mentioning Quentin Blake and I just wanted to, I guess, kind of uh, share that my imagination is uh, – t- for the in my imagination, the two of them go together. Oh, so I think talk so. about Roald Dahl and I see Quentin Blake Straight illustrations. Mm. Yes. They're iconic. They are. 
Yeah, they truly are. All right, so the Roald Dahl book I'm going to talk about today is Matilda. It was Yay. written in 1988. <laughs> Matilda's a bit of a hero of us oh, librarians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we do love her. It's a book about a reader and someone who loves books, so it's natural for us librarians to kind of fall in love with Matilda, isn't it? It mm-hmm. is. Now, here's a confession. I never read this book when I was a child. <gasps> Goodness. <laughs> But you've read it now? You have. I have. Yes. No, my first Forgiven. It's possible I was in my first year of high school when it came out, so okay. I might have felt like Dahl was a little behind me. Um, however, I read it for the first time this year as a grown woman, uh, and then I saw the stage play shortly oh. after. Oh, my goodness gracious, <laughs> do I love it. <laughs> I haven't seen the film, though. Oh, the film oh, is so film. good. Okay, yes. all right, I'm ready to watch it now. Although it, it's not set in England, it's set in America. So there's differences. All right. Yeah. Okay, I'll I look don't forward think it to it. Does it, does it take away? No. No, it changes it, though, I think. It does change it, but mm. I think it's equally good. Yes. Anyway, sorry, Natalie. Sorry. No, that's okay. This <laughs> <laughs> is dull chatter. It's lovely. <laughs> The book Matilda is an absolute delight. It is a gripping and entertaining page-turner. Matilda is a hero. It was a joy to immerse myself in the world of Dahl again, and it made me want to reread all of the books of his that I absolutely loved. So Matilda herself is a genius, and she has horrible parents. Like most of the young characters in Roald Dahl books, they live with, like, abominable adults. Mm. Uh, Matilda's parents leave her home alone all day, and so with nothing else to do, she teaches herself to read with the only book in the house easy cooking. Once she's mastered reading the recipes in easy cooking, she walks down to her local local library and spends every afternoon there reading. Once she makes her way through all the children's books, she approaches the librarian and says, is there something else I can read? Because I seem to have finished this entire section of the library. Mrs. Phelps, the librarian, is close to all of our hearts, I'm sure. And um, astounded by Matilda's uh, comprehension, she starts to introduce her to the classics and Matilda reads voraciously all the way through them. Once Matilda gets to school, by the time she's five, don't forget this all happens before she's five, her teacher, Miss Honey, realises just how boundless her knowledge and abilities are and starts to suggest to the headmistress, Mrs. Trunchbull, that Matilda skip a few grades but Mrs. Trunchbull is one of the most horrible doll inventions. <laughs> and she says no. And then hilarity ensues. I don't think any of the rest of the plot is important when we talk about Matilda because the book is about so much more than that. Um, I really love it that Dahl creates a world where the most unreal things happen in the very recognisable scenarios. They're essentially fairy tales with a dash of realism and magic. I mean, you go through Matilda thinking she's obviously an incredibly intelligent child, but she lives in a house with her parents, she goes to the library, she goes to school. And then suddenly at school, you know, the teachers do... Well, the headmistress, rather, does extraordinary things that are actually quite unreal. And all of a sudden you think, wait on a minute, is this an alternate reality? Is this what's so different? And I think that's true of all of Dahl's stories. They're set in the kind of everyday and then something truly magical happens. And as a reader, you're suddenly like, wow, how did that happen? Like, what are the rules of this universe I'm in all of a sudden? Because anything becomes possible. I think one of the best things about Dahl is that we don't really know the rules, yes, you know, and we just true. have to we have to just play along and and learn them as we go. And that, as adults rereading, that is absolutely glorious for us because we're in this world full of rules. But then you can immerse yourself in Dahl's world, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It forces us to let go a bit mm-hmm. of reality, which is yeah. It's and nice it's, at times. Yeah, <laughs> it's so wonderful. It is. and I, But I think also that's the appeal for kids, though, because that's the world that they, I think, 
when they're young, no. Yeah, that's where they live. Yeah. That's true. Boundless possibilities, endless possibilities. Mm -hmm. They don't yet know the constraints of of, you know, society and the greater world. So, yeah, imagination, anything's possible. So for the next part of our reviews on this episode of Dear Reader when we're talking all things Dahl, we're each going to talk about an author and a book who writes similarly, not not in, you know, in a rip-off kind of way, but if you like Dahl, you might also like. And so we're looking at books for adults and children. Um, so... Do you want to start, Justine? Do you yes. want to talk about a book that is Dahl-esque for I would you? love to. Yeah, go Thank for it. you. Um, I think Dahl just is in a, a playing field all of his own, basically, isn't he? There's really mm-hmm. nothing out there that is exactly alike, no. and I don't know that there ever will be. There shouldn't be. Well, yes, possibly there shouldn't be. Mm. However, there are some authors that are writing in similar veins or, you know, and they're not, like you say, they're not copying necessarily, but they are bringing certain aspects, um, lots of joy um, to children's books. I, I picked a children's book. I love reading children's books as an adult. <laughs> There's something freeing about it, I feel. Um, so the book I've chosen as a bit of a read-alike, if you like Roald Dahl, you might like this, is Nooks and Crannies by Jessica Lawson. So it's funny that you spoke of Matilda. This book actually reminded me a little bit of Matilda, but also a little bit of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in a variety of ways. And in fact, it's often um, it's often recommended as a mix of Clue and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, ah. which I think is the best recommendation <laughs> out there. Sounds divine. It's really, really good. So uh, Nooks and Crannies. Our main character is Tabitha Crumb. She's a girl with a big imagination and a love for mystery novels, though her parents think her only talent is being a nuisance. She doesn't have a friend in the world except her pet mouse, Pemberley, with whom she shares her dingy attic bedroom. Then, on the heels of a rather devastating announcement made by her mother and father, Tabitha receives a mysterious invitation to the country estate of the wealthy but reclusive Countess of Windermere, whose mansion is rumoured to be haunted. There she finds herself among five other children, none of them sure why they've been invited. But soon, a very big secret will be revealed, a secret that will change their lives forever and put Tabitha's investigative skills to the test. The eclectic group of children, including Tabitha, arrive at the mansion to discover that one of them is believed to be the Countess's long-lost grandchild. However, things are not always as they seem, neither the people involved nor the house. And the children, or at least, uh, you know, the good children, must work together to unravel the mysteries of the house. Like Dahl's books, the cast of characters here is delightfully kooky and weird, with inept and neglectful parents, and spoiled as well as intelligent and erudite children, and disguise-wearing servants. I would suggest that this would be suitable for kids aged 10 and up, um, but I consider myself a kid aged 10 and up as well. (laughs) (laughs) So that's Nooks and Crannies by Jessica Lawson. That sounds amazing. It's really great fun. I really enjoyed it. It's quite fast-paced as well, so it's a nice, quick read. Um, yeah, really good fun. So, Liz, what's your reader like for Roald Dahl? My reader like is Demon Dentist by David Williams of Little Britain fame. Ooh. He's ventured away from acting into authoring, writing. Writing is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> authoring is cool. Yeah. yeah. You can yeah. say that. Yeah. Authoring. Yeah. <laughs> So Alfie's teeth are rotten, but he has so many other things that he needs to worry about. It's just him and his dad left to look after each other. But a lifetime of working in the coal mine has left Alfie's dad very sick. 
So dentist appointments are overlooked, reminder notices are hidden, and Alfie does everything to prevent his dad from finding out just how long it's been since the last dentist visit. But then strange things start happening and there is a suspicious new dentist in town. Alfie and his dad are also visited by a new social worker who takes a huge interest in Alfie's well-being and specifically his dental health. It's all a bit too much for Alfie. Especially when, instead of coins left by the tooth fairy under the children's pillows, there are bugs and eyeballs and even a live spider. So gross. (laughs) Oh, goodness. No, I couldn't do it. (laughs) In this book, you will find a whole lot of creepiness. Stakeouts, made-up word alerts, which I adored. What's a make-up word alert? There's little asterisks next to all the made-up words. So you can look at them and reread them and find out just how you'd pronounce that. Oh, how fantastic. Fantastic. There's a chase through the grounds on the school grounds on a scooter. There's sadness, there's happiness, and there's so many laughs. This book made me laugh out loud on a tram. Oh, I love that. Oh, it also almost made me cry on a tram. Mm. I know. Trams are places for emotions. It's okay. It is. I'm that person on the tram that just is so invested in my book. Although it's geared towards a later primary age, I felt such a strong connection with this book. Williams was able to evoke such strong reactions with his way with words and Tony Ross's excellent illustrations, which are very similar to Quinton Blake's. Huh. Yeah. I read this book so quickly, like in one (laughs) sitting, on a tram. It was suspenseful, but the chapters were quite short, which I love for children's books. Mm. Williams's eccentric writing style, I think that's the only way to describe it, is eccentric. Mm. Um, It reminds me of Dahl's because of his wonderful sense of humour, the ability to make the kids the hero, as we were discussing earlier, and the super relatable way of writing at a kid's level without being condescending or patronising. Although their styles are similar and evoke similar emotions in me, I would never ever say that Williams is trying to be Dahl. It's it's different and I think you have to read it to understand what I'm saying. Mm. I'm so glad that the new generation of kids, the growing up now, have an author to attach themselves to like I did with Dahl. It's just wonderful and I hope there's kids out there that will wait for the new books of Williams's to come out and be waiting at the bookstore like I did as a child, looking forward to the new edition. So that was Demon Dentist by David Williams. And I loved it. Yay. And he's got quite a few books, doesn't he? Oh, he has many, many. He's just churning them out at high speed, which is just great. That's great if you're out there and you've got a a reader uh, for a child who loves Dahl and Mm. needs something uh, something else to to get through. Yeah, go straight for Williams. And are they illustrated throughout the book in the same way that Dahl's books were? I love that. so good. Natalie, let's hear your read-alike. My read-alike is for grown-ups. This is definitely not for kids. Okay. (laughs) I think that's okay, though. Just to be clear from the (laughs) get-go. It's not awful or anything, but it's it's written for an adult audience. Uh, It's called Get in Trouble. It's a short story collection by Kelly Link. It was published last year. It's Kelly's fourth short story collection. Uh, Kelly's also edited anthologies of short stories, and she lives in Florida in the United States. Um, She is a masterful writer. Wow. Um, It's a collection of nine perfectly dark tales of teenage girls, people who have two shadows, living dolls, reality TV shows, iguanas, superheroes auditioning for new sidekicks, dubious fairies, and ghost stories told on spaceships. You get okay. You got it? Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There are such odd characters in her 
in her stories. But but they're also everyday people. Like I was saying earlier, you, you kind of get lured into this false sense of reality and all of a sudden she just turns everything upside down. People in her stories have unique and intriguing abilities. They can do the most impossible things. I guess you could think of this collection as fantasy or horror because some of the things that can be done are quite horrifying um, or sci-fi because it's a little bit otherworldly. Um and I think Roald Dahl's books could almost fit into mm. some of those categories as well. But I think the, the my favourite, I guess, the genre that's applied to Dahl sometimes and certainly applied to Kelly Link's stories is magic realism. Mm. What a great, I mean, it's a great name for a genre, <laughs> but also it's quite... It is, it is when the real becomes magical. The stories are set in an everyday world. We would recognise them and then the oddest things take place. With some stories, it's not until you're well into them and you think, okay, well, maybe this one's not like the one before it. And all of a sudden, everything's a miss. Something absolutely magical take place. Um, fantasy fuses with reality so easily. I found some of the stories quite melancholy, actually, and other, others were quite hopeful as if the future was changing. In each of these stories, there are people either getting in or getting out of trouble as the story collapses collection's name suggests it was weird and whimsical and creative and I found it very Dahl-esque. It's called Get In Trouble by Kelly Link. Fabulous. I think it's great to have an adult, you know, Dahl-esque reader like Natalie. Thank you for that. I don't know that she's been described as Dahl-esque and I don't know if anyone else would see the similarities, hopefully, but I certainly did. I mean, I was reading her collection thinking, this reminds me of something. This makes me think of something else. Yeah, I think if you've Notice yeah. that, then others might have as well, but maybe yeah. they haven't, you know, pinpointed it as exactly. But we're thinking about Roald Dahl, given it's the 100th anniversary this year. Um, so, yay. And Dahl wrote a lot of stories for adults, like a significant yeah. number of stories for adults. In fact, he started writing adult stories before he started writing for children. So, and his adult short stories are fantastic. We could have talked to The Wonderful Life of Henry Sugar or the Kiss Kiss Anthology. Mm. There's so much, so much Dahl to read. So if you're an adult reader and you don't want to go back and reread Dahl's Dahl stories for children, you could read his adult yeah, absolutely um, short stories and anthologies as well. Mm. Yeah, there's so much. And his memoir, Boy? Yes. Boy. So good. Oh, yeah. So good. Mm. Really just a wonderful, wonderful read. Okay. Well, I think that's our show. <laughs> Thank you, Liz, for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. That was fun. Oh, oh, being here. We really appreciate it. And I think I'm going to have to go and look at David Williams. It sounds Definitely. like he's up, got to be up there as a, a dull lover of like I am. Yes. You can read our show notes, including a list of the books we discussed on our Goodreads page, which you can find on our website at www.melbournelibraryservice.com.au and on the read page. We'd also love you to tell us what you've been reading or what you'd recommend to someone who loves reading Roald Dahl books. You can tweet your suggestions to us at melblibrary, M-E-L-B-L-I-B-R-A-R-Y, with the hashtag Dear Reader, or join the conversation on our Goodreads page. Don't forget you can download Dear Reader episodes to listen to in your own sweet time at SoundCloud or iTunes. You can subscribe so you get a notification when we have new episodes. Oh, it's all available (laughs) to you. It's all at your fingertips. And the groovy music on our program is by Ben Mason. Check out more of his music at www.benmason.com.au. And until next time, dear reader, thanks for listening.